A Christmas Crime by William Henry Bishop. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Christmas Crime. Mr. Gilbert was a stately looking girl in a soft white gown with a scarf of the same material tied lightly about her shoulders there was a sort of marie antoinette suggestion in her aspect and also as it were the shadow of a brooding sorrow hanging over her she was from somewhere or other we haven't always time in this busy world of ours to find out where everybody is from there was a general impression that she had lately come back from abroad she was visiting in town she was a friend of our hostess mrs grumbold or had been particularly recommended to her and that lively young matron had invited her for this dinner people came rather late and mrs grumbold busy with about a hundred things at once as was her usual custom was not able to tell much about this guest in advance either mr grusseltree who took mr gilbert in was particularly impressed by her indeed he induced the hostess to change the arrangement already made and give her to him towards him on the contrary she showed as much asperity as politeness permitted if he drew from her an occasional rare pale smile it was only by the exertion of his utmost powers of entertainment who was mr grusseltree oh grusseltree was a kind of law unto himself he was one of those persons such as we meet with in our journeys about the club end of town in short grusseltree was grusseltree it was christmas eve after dinner a couple of standard young banjo players of north america gave some selections miss amy goboy of the amateur comedy company recited a sweet thing or two and then we settled down upon the floor to tell ghost stories we spread out a lot of cushions comfortably all around and in the midst set a large tin pan containing a plate in which burned a mixture of salt and alcohol this cast a pale flickering light over all the faces and gave the proper weird and ghostly effect in spite of this however the ghost stories rather languished mr grusseltree now all at once drew a heavy sigh keeping miss ernestine de gilbert it might be noted well under observation speaking of christmas presents said he when nobody at all had been speaking of christmas presents speaking of christmas presents fellow sufferers i'd like to submit a case to you anything up to a packing case now is your time there are stockings here that will hold it speak for yourself mr chinkerton said mrs grumbled i thought it more magnanimous to speak for miss gaboy or miss tenstroke both those young ladies uttered shrill exclamations of protest and resentment at this audacity now suppose a man had bought a present for another man and then yielded to the temptation of keeping it himself went on grusseltree mr grusseltree has yielded to a temptation i'm not surprised at it at all i think him quite capable of it said elsie tenstroke tell us all about it clamoured the company well it's like this you see before you one who whom which but let it pass despise me if you will but hear me i know not why i speak to you of this now 
but probably because there comes to every conscious burdened criminal a moment when all considerations of prudence must be laid aside oh indeed said mrs grumbled and she vivaciously threw at him a small sofa pillow that made a convenient missile i bought the nicest thing i could think of as a christmas present for a friend and then couldn't bear to give it to him i robbed him as it were he bowed his head as in gloomy remorse upon his hand and i could never look him in the face again it was only between you and yourself wasn't it asked amy goboy he never knew it and besides a person has a right to change his mind no that was the worst of it there was glaring testimony and proof witnesses could be produced to show that i had actually bought it for him well it could be easily explained and i suppose nothing came of it my dear friend was ruined and the article i had proposed to give him would have saved him that's all i am the cause of all his calamities will you stop your circumlocutions and go on demanded mrs grumbled peremptorily i used to see the article in the show window day after day as i passed by i thought i could get it at any time and so was in no hurry it's the very thing for old fred i used to say to myself and the others it will suit him to a t old fred shall have it as sure as my name is sam grasseltree one day it was missing and i had a regular panic but i found it had only been taken out of the window to be shined up a bit that decided me i bought it at once some poor devil of a mechanic had got it up for himself originally and it was the only one of the kind there never was a thing more exactly adapted to fred's case at the name of fred mr gilbert who had sat hitherto in dignified silence had visibly started and she began to pay close attention what was it demanded a chorus of voices it was a most ingenious invention i returned to america with it about three weeks afterwards do you want to drive us mad article thing invention what was it what was it it was an untold aphobotachis tapheron that's what it was is that all of it do you get a commission shall we leave orders for it at the grocers the stationers or the blacksmiths tell us instantly what you mean and seize this aggravating conduct that's a part of it it was a musical early rising without alarm clock oh indeed only an alarm clock no a without alarm clock instead of springing at you in a ferocious way as those clocks usually do like a kind of moral rattlesnake it began gently soothingly with soft mellifluous notes and gradually increased the pressure till you were thrilled all over with an idea of the grandeur and glory of getting up to breakfast and going about your day's work i tell you what when you had once known the untold aphobotachis tapheron it was invaluable but at first i had hesitated between that and a thlaupilacusticum is that all of it and would your friend have liked that too he was an amateur of all curious contrivances and i'm sure he would what was that curious contrivance oh that was a combined crush hat and acoustic fan you could use it at the opera you know or a concert for bringing the sounds nearer 
and it might serve to fill up a gap in the conversation now and then or a gap in one's information even this would have saved him from much of the misery into which he fell i was fred bradstock's worst enemy imagine the feelings with which i first met him after thus purloining his property miss ernestine de gilbert started now indeed one would say she had some peculiar interest in this name mrs grumbled endeavoured in the dark to kick the narrator warningly with her small foot but did not succeed in reaching him if it's fred bradstock you mean here put in her husband you are not troubled with confronting him very much of late he's been at the antipodes or somewhere near it for i don't know how long he's in the bermudas now i believe with a yachting party happily for me yes assented the narrator with a new access of mournfulness what i tell you of happened a good while ago we are judged by our intentions and i felt guilty before him even from the first though i little suspected then what genuine cause i was going to have for it a gasp merging into a disdainful sniff or a disdainful sniff merging into a gasp came from the direction of mr gilbert the worst burden on me was the witnesses who had known of my intentions they all returned to this country at once i had to be a whole corps of detectives in myself to keep them and fred apart i paid the fare of one of them to florida got another away on some plausible pretext to montreal and led the third into such a good thing in an interest of mine in a montana stock ranch that he couldn't possibly refuse to go there why not confess if you felt so badly about it as you say you do not know the antol afobo the persuader when you talk like that will you believe that i inheriting a nervous temperament and almost constitutionally incapable of sleeping after seven in the morning actually cultivated the habit of taking opiates to enjoy as much as possible the delightful sensation of being waked up by the antol afobo tachystaphyron are all your long names strictly necessary demanded miss amy goboy suspiciously are they really the names of the things they strike me as very good names for the things and i give them for what they are worth you see the case of fred was peculiar on the one hand he had some heart trouble and couldn't be called by any of the existing alarm clocks because the rattling metallic things might have scared him into an untimely grave on the other hand he needed some assistance for he could not be depended upon to wake up on his own account out of these conditions developed the possibility for evil in my duplicity in all its glaring horror charlie chinkerton a versatile genius had placed himself at the piano and was playing a slow accompaniment to the narrative at the last words he struck two or three chords of heavily ominous import i began to trace constantly in fred's record the baneful influence of my theft there was the case for instance where he lost the grizzly in california his guide inadvertently failed to call him and the hand was up and away three hours before he put in an appearance it was a stuffed grizzly it is true but if he had been there he would have known it and saved the reputation of the party for he had been taken in once with a stuffed deer in the adirondacks Grosseltree, you are up to something in all this said our hostess i don't know what it is but i think i ought to throw another sofa cushion at you 
and she proceeded to do so. "'You are too good,' said the storyteller, easily catching this ineffective missile. Then he continued, "'The antol, the musical early rising without alarm, persuader, would have saved him from being left by the steam launch at the ocean yacht race. It would have saved him from being left at the great rockaway steeplechases, and again it would have saved him from being late at his broker's office the day that K.G. and Q-Stock jumped up twenty points in an hour. I need not go over the list of all the other appointments, whether of business or pleasure, he disastrously missed, through the same cause. But the really tragic episode was the breaking off of his engagement. Chinkerton here struck a most discordant crash upon the keys. This is really too much, exclaimed the hostess, whether she meant Chinkerton at the piano or some other circumstance. Miss de Gilbert, who had shown signs of extreme restlessness for some time past, attempted to rise from the improvised divan. It was not so easy a matter, however, in the toilet of the day, and before she had progressed far, Grasseltrick, continuing imperturbably, but more rapidly, had said, They say the girl he was engaged to was a perfect fascinator, just too pretty for anything. She was from somewhere out of town. Spruton, Duville, Yonkers, Baltimore, or something that way. She was rich. A scoff of indignation from Miss de Gilbert, engaged in her efforts to get up. Beautiful, refined, accomplished, most charming in every way. She was, as I have been told, all that the most ardent fancy could paint, and I, I, you conceive the bitterness of this avowal, was the sole cause of this breaking of that engagement. Miss de Gilbert settled back with a sigh upon her cushions. Mrs. Grumbled telegraphed her reassuringly with eyes and lips. He does not know. I have not told anybody. It was apparent that Grasseltree could not be stopped. One thing was certain, that he held the attention of the company, particularly that of its most perverse member, very fixedly. The union of those two admirable persons, exactly suited to each other, was prevented by the Antolafo, the musical early rising producer. Once more, poor Fred was missing at the critical moment. The wedding? No but almost the next thing to it his fiancée's heart had been set on having him appear at a certain dinner to meet her relatives and so on he did not appear and she threw him over and that was the end of it all but it was only the fault of not having the missing machine and not his own in the list i'll tell you all about it one of the peculiarities of miss um, of his affianced a part of her charm showing force and real character was that she was implacable unchanging as the laws of the medes and persians it is a delicate matter to touch upon and i don't pretend to fathom the subtle mysteries of the female heart but i have somehow gathered that there was another girl at the dinner who flattered herself she might have been a successful rival for fred's affections and it was thought he did not want to see her so publicly of course it is amply demonstrated that there was nothing in this if only by the fact that fred has never set eyes upon that one since 
but will you tell us what a musical alarm clock can have had to do with his being late at dinner you don't want us to believe he slept all day i suppose it was in philadelphia now i think of it it was in philadelphia they dined there in the middle of the day for all i know it was twelve o'clock sharp but even if it was considering the occasion and that he was visiting there expressly on her account he might have managed to get up by noon at least once in his life oh he did he did i happen to know that he did a lot of things that day bright and early he went out to Bryn Mawr and attended the city troop races he was on the jump from morning till night but then self-contradictory person cried mrs grumbled what are you telling us why could he not have gone to the dinner as well as elsewhere he mistook the day you know that's the point he thought it was another day but in the name of long-suffering patience what had your wretched alarm clock to do with his mistaking the day oh don't speak of it in that way he protested tenderly well your absurd alarm clock then pardon me not an alarm clock it was a without alarm clock it was a musical early rising but what had that to do with his mistaking the day oh yes it had a calendar attachment didn't i tell you about that or did i only mention its self-lighting candle if he had seen the calendar you know if he had seen that index hand come round slowly but inexorably pointing out your tuesdays wednesdays and thursdays no such dreadful error could have ever arisen with this the company began to break up while the preparations for departure were going on mr grusseltree and miss ernestine de gilbert gravitated together casually as it were and drew a little apart how did you know who i was asked the lady with a languid proud way of poising her head from the description yours were the eyes the hair a certain stately carriage i had heard of from fred too often to be forgotten there was a particular charming dimple near the left corner of the mouth that will do on that score when i discovered you here i induced mrs grumbled by special request to let me take you in did you indeed i half suspected it well i knew you too you were one of his dissolute companions <laughs> laughed her auditor with only a rather hollow sort of mirth however tell me she continued was there a single word of truth in all your ridiculous story i really mean that there is that there was about such a clock and i really mean that fred adores the very ground you walk on he is one of the most wretched men in two hemispheres without you there that will do also were you serious when you said that his health was not good that he was disposed to heart disease oho reflected grasseltree so the wind lies in that quarter she takes a little interest after all i honestly think his heart is in no danger he said aloud except in so far as it may be affected by his sufferings on your account but you have given him such an absurd stupid character he is not the indolent person you represent him to be he occupies himself in a great many useful ways besides in his sports go back and say something that will set those people right about him it would hardly be necessary 
i fear those people are already in the habit of taking samuel grassletree's utterances with some grains of salt then what does this all mean she asked infinitely puzzled that i would give half i possess as the novelists say to bring you and my old young friend frederick bradstock together again if in the meantime nothing has happened to prevent it why can it not be done may i venture to ask with infinite respect whether anything has happened on your side no she replied diffidently nothing then as between two sensible and well-disposed human beings frankly why can it not be done no no it cannot be done i will not hear of it on any account the fact is he did not want to go to that dinner from the first and i had to try and make him i knew i must put my foot down in the beginning now tell me the real reason why he stayed away i am sure you do not really think old fred would get up false ones to account for it expostulated his friend grassletree he has never given any except that he forgot the day why not accept that one then by way of little variety it's gospel truth i assure you fred was in a strange town he had a lot of things to do and he's always something of a dreamer you know bless you what's the harm in a little absent-mindedness the greatest men have been troubled that way look at me i left my best umbrella in the omnibus this very morning all fred bradstock needs my dear miss de gilbert is an accomplished wife with just the right kind of wife to infuse your own method and precision into shall we say his madness he'd be a model of models in every particular i dare say rejoined his hearer dryly let us hope he may get such a one i have seen him knock his head against the wall on account of his conduct a dozen times it was so uncomplimentary to her he says it can't be explained she treated me just as i deserved she couldn't have done otherwise of course i could not assented ernest in gilbert but flushing very much and almost tearful why didn't he do something further he might have persisted he might have kept on trying to explain as i understand it you would not see him and poor fred was never glib with his pen if i am right also you returned some of his letters unopened am i right she lowered her head a trifle as if in haughty admission that this was so but somehow the shadow of a brooding sorrow did not seem to hang over mr gilbert half as much now as formerly fred got it into his head at last that you were glad the match was off and that you liked someone else better on this wrong tack as we now see it was he tried to brace up by devoting himself to other women but it was all no go i happened to see it for myself and i tell you there is not an unhappier man in christendom to-day than that same fred bradstock you must go at once and say something before all those people to set him right exclaimed his hearer a little irrelevantly ladies and gentlemen thereupon began grasseltree advancing in a sort of professional way ladies and gentlemen of the company i wish to say that while driven by a reckless despair to ease an overburdened conscience i may at the same time have seemed to depreciate another person let me say that fred bradstock is no inmate of the castle of indolence and that while all the claims of the untold aphobo remain as represented 
anybody has got to get up very early in the morning indeed to catch him napping i seem to feel too a certain prophetic sense that the end of his troubles may be near i would withdraw no essential statement but i suggest that all that part of the allegations relating to frederick bradstock be stricken out or construed only in that pickwickian sense so proper to this genial east thirty-fourth street observance at this hospitable christmas home that is this home-like christmas occasion at this observant in short i am thoroughly convinced that so far from needing adventitious aids the more persons you sent to waken frederick bradstock the sounder he would sleep whereas the fewer and the less don't make it worse hastily whispered a voice at his sleeve and the next moment she began hesitatingly of course if you say fred is really sorry in the very next mail there went to the bermudas a letter in which frederick bradstock was assured that the chances of winning back his old sweetheart were now most promising i told them all after dinner the letter concluded a wild tale of a without alarm clock i had meant to give you by hook and by crook i fixed it all up with hair and it's rather a handsome piece of work on my part by the way that clock isn't a bad one i'll send you the maker's name i dare say they are in the market by this time mr gilbert's yours my boy come home and take her and the blessing of samuel grasseltree at the very earliest moment too returned an answer from the bermudas i'm coming home of course he is lucky young dog why shouldn't he of course he is interpolated grasseltree complacently i'm i'm bless me what's this what's this i'm on my wedding trip married to a lovely girl i met in the islands a fair been on some time but you've been so deuced off these last few years no chance to tell you about it comparisons are odorous but the de gilbert well the fact is the de gilbert was a little inclined to be domineering excuse short letter tell you all about it when we meet samuel grasseltree was not an accomplished whistler but on this occasion he whistled for an instant he raised his hand against the without alarm clock as if to do it violent injury but instead of yielding to this impulse he took it down from the modest place it had occupied in his bedroom and placed it boldly on the most conspicuous wall of his apartment after that he sat down and reflected on the diverse characters of the persons who had heard his story on christmas eve and particularly on certain positive traits in mr gilbert he began to think he would take another european trip end of a christmas crime by william henry bishop